to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um, I hope you enjoyed the previous live stream, live stream, live stream um, that we did. Surrounding the starting well here, Starting well, we're off to a great start, I mean, it's been a while. Um, yeah, it was based on the training camp. We focused on the position battles and potentially players that need to have a good training camp and everything like that. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you've listened, if you haven't, please do check it out. Um, tonight, we are back and we've got a brand new segment for you all uh, that we're all really excited about here at the We Talk to Ops podcast. And I'm sure you're all going to love it as well. Um, it is heavily centred around our new resident draft expert, Mitch. Um and he has come up with a brilliant idea of doing a rookie watch podcast. It's going to be a weekly thing. Um, at least one of us is, is, is going to always be on with Mitch. Hopefully as many of us as we can each week will be on to discuss all things rookies. And it does what it says on the team. We're going to go week by week, um, training camp week by training camp week, preseason game by preseason game, regular season by regular season game, and picking out the headlines, storylines, um, good things, bad things, everything that's going on in the world of our 2023 rookies um, that you need to know and need to be informed about. We will bring it to you on this segment. Um, so we're all really excited about it. Um, it it's 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 going to be some really interesting debates and, and, and some really in, interesting insights and looks into our rookies as we follow their journey in their first year being a Seattle Seahawk. Um, so it's going to be really good. And, and with that, as obviously Josh is with me tonight as well. Pez, I, I must, I must sort of declare as well um, that as of the time recording, he still is in Turkey, get his teeth done. I have also heard he's on a family holiday as hair well. Transplant. Hair transplant, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's he's gone for his teeth. Um, so I'm sure he'll come back with some nice new lovely gnashes that'll put Colgate out of business. Um, but until he gets back, it's just us lot on the pod. Um, but he should be back very soon. Um, but with all that being said, as it is his segment going forward, Mitch, I'm now going to hand the floor to you to begin our very first Rookie Watch episode, mate. Go for it. Can, can, can so, we Can we just, anyone who's watching, how dare you? so Pe, so obviously Pez isn't here, and whenever we did these podcasts previously around the draft, no one could see Mitch. He was a disembodied voice, whereas now 
Look at that beautiful man there with his feudal samurai top knot and beard sporting a <laughs> lovely new JSN jersey. Thank you very much. Cool, my friend. It's all right. But this this is a face for radio, first of all. So thank you for the compliment. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was there was a strategy to hiding behind uh, pictures of various rookies, honestly. But um, here we are. And the draft has happened. And we've got a bumper uh, class, lots of talent in there. Um, for everyone listening, the, the, the plan for this moving forward is going is to be to do this in three sort of quick, sharp uh, sections. We're going to look at, obviously we can't this week, but um, in the future we'll look at uh, rookie performances in the previous game. Um, in our Discord, there will be a section where uh, members of the Discord can uh, provide their own ratings out of 10 for each rookie. So we'll be able to give a shout out to to any players that you know the community of of uh, want to point out as well and, and give kudos to um as well as us giving our own opinion so if you want to give some feedback um you don't have to just listen to our opinion you can have your own say on the discord too that's part of the part of the plan um so section one is always going to be this rookie review from the game but as we haven't got a game ready to look at um i'm going to throw it over to james and ask him the question um who do you think is shining in camp so far who who has stood out to you i mean the obvious answer to try not to be uh, for, the, for not the ones of being boring here, but the obvious answer for me is JSN. Um, he, from everything that I'm hearing coming out of, of training camp at the minute, nobody can run with him, nobody can cover him. Um, I think I, the last I heard, Kobe Bryant, I think Bob Condotter, or, or it might have been someone else posted that he stuck with him on a few routes. Other than that, I think the the killer thing that's been coming out of training camp around GSN is how quickly and how good he is coming off his breaks at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I think he's an absolute nightmare and he's looking an absolute nightmare. Um, so for me, it's 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 GSN. I would love to say Devin Witherspoon as well, um, but I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing good things about everyone, but specifically, uh, it feels like GSN is getting the headlines at the minute. Um, so for me. Starring above all else at the minute, I would I would have to say Jason. I like it. Yeah, I think I think um, if Pez had been here, he'd have been cursing you going first talking about Jason. To yeah, be he honest, would. <laughs> <laughs> he'd have been straight in on Jason. There's no problem about it. We know that's but, exactly what would happen. But for what it's worth, I think I think you as well, Josh. He probably would have too because he he just is the player that looks the most NFL ready out of the whole crop. Honestly, but my opinion. But um, Josh, who would be? Uh, would you agree with that? Would you have? Would you have said Jason? As as a standout, yeah, hundred percent. You see some of the catches he's making. He's already got chemistry with Gino. Gino's loving to throw to him. That one-handed catch in double coverage was just the, mwah, the reach. Kiss. The reach and just yeah. throw hand. It was amazing. But then I, Devin Witherspoon, I, everything I'm seeing, obviously after he got his contract sorted and actually came into camp. He's just bringing so much swagger and he is sticking to people. Obviously, we've seen some videos where people have lost him, but that's fine. He's a rookie. But every time he's making a play, he's in people's faces. He's loving competing against DK. He's just bringing that that aggressive edge that our defensive backs need, especially the cornerbacks, because Tariq isn't much of a, a shit talker. You know, Mike Jack just goes about his business. But if you've got someone like Spoon there who's going to smash someone, get in their face and, you know, bring a bit of the uh, the old Legion of Boom 
Um, I hate using that, by the way, the Legion of Boom thing, because it's done and dusted. But it's bringing that mentality back, which I absolutely love to see. And I can't wait to see him actually suit up on a Sunday and play an NFL game and see if he's still got it. Yeah, there's a bit of the barking dog, isn't there, in there as well as as being a bit of a hammer. And I think as much as I'd like to think we could put him out on on the air, on the perimeter and, and have him as a, a shutdown corner and a, a sticky cover guy, um, he's got more to his game than that as well. He's a real hitter. I, I can see him, um, you know, charging into tight ends or if it's you know i don't think we'll see running backs get get free through the middle too much now with bobby there as well and and things but should someone brave the middle of the field as a running back uh, you know you, you can be sure devon witherspoon wants to plant him into the turf so i i i i, I see what you mean you know um i like the idea of his presence in the middle as a physical presence and as a, as a talker as well and no i i, I love that um one one guy I'm going to talk about here who, um, for, for me, I know I talked about Mike, Mike Morris before the draft and I hyped him up as a player we'd probably pick. Um, he hasn't really stood out in in camp, but I, I think people will look at it and say, um, you know, oh, he's changing positions and maybe the Seahawks are taking a bit of a gamble. I actually just think that Jaron Reed moving to nose and... Uh, Mario Edwards, who was a veteran, and mm-hmm. um, Draymond Jones, who was a veteran. If you were Pete Carroll and you had those three, and the problem, and you had the problem you had last year, why would you bench a veteran and put a rookie in there in the start for all the starting snaps? Like, if if you're picking a, fir- a first team D to to run your drills with in camp put your vets in, make it immediately better, give him in some snaps rotationally as the season goes on. I think I think you're seeing Mike Morris being allowed to learn the role for slightly from from the, the back the back. So I think he's probably doing really well. And I think everything every time I see him he looks really slick. And I think he can be a real game wrecker for us. But I think we're just not seeing that at the moment because he's being held back a bit in in you know in favour of the vets. I've I've only seen I saw one video of him in practice where he was rushing and he was held up by I want to say it's Phil Haynes oh no it might have been Greg Ireland mm. and he just couldn't get past him um, yeah. and that's where I thought well he needs to learn a bit more but he, he said actively on I think it was Corbin Smith who interviewed him and he said well I need he's he's currently learning about hand placement where to put it how to get past these sort of these bigger um, in, uh, interior D linemen which. He'll get there. I have complete faith in that. I think he's going to be a great prospect. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so um, the next part of this to talk about is just any injuries to rookies. And I think um, the only... I'm going to flick through here. Oh, there's McIntosh now as well, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we basically got McIntosh and Charbonnet to talk about. But Charbonnet, uh, f- I think he featured in the mock game a little bit, maybe, or... Did he take any? I think he did, but he was cleared. He was cleared fit for it. So um, the only thing we really have to talk about here is is Macintosh. So I mean, you guys aware of the injury he suffered on Friday? Sprained knee, I think it was. Sprained yeah, knee, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do do we think that's going to affect us at all um, going into the season? Do we do we expect Walker to be taking snaps first game? Um. um <laughs> 
it's hard to tell, isn't it? Without without being a without being a doctor, I think he will. I think he'll be okay. I don't think any of the injuries that we've seen picked up by him, McIntosh, or anything long term. Um, for me, I think they'll be easy with them in the next few weeks of training camp. But I'd expect to see McIntosh and, and Walker involved in the preseason games. I don't think they're going to miss week one. Um, what I will say as well, I, I will add, I don't know if you've seen um, Mitch in the last sort of 20 hours or so, in the last kind of 24 hours, it's kind of come into light that Derek Young might have a sports hernia, um, which is potentially going to keep him out for a couple of months, possibly. Um I think they're waiting to potentially MRI it and scan it. Um, from what I understand about sports hernias, they're quite a hard sort of injury to diagnose. But I think, I'm not sure whether it's come out of the back of the, the mock game or just in training camp. Um, but from what I understand, I think there was a field goals article on yesterday, um, early morning time um, for us, that, that there was potentially something with a sports hernia surrounding Derek Young, which potentially as we talked about on the last live stream throws the doors open a little bit for the for the receivers competing for that fourth fifth spot maybe landers um, landers and bobo are the, are the two that um, exactly what we said on our other pod on the fringe yeah, yeah i've not had the i've not had the uh the pleasure of listening to it yet so but yeah no, i think i think that does leave a door open um mm. hopefully he's okay but you know if he's if he's not stick him on the pup list let him because the thing is with with that that injury is it either needs to be the hernia or you need to re-strengthen that area to mm. stop it happening it's either going to happen and you or has happened and you'll need surgery or it looks likely to happen and you have to rest and and strengthen that area so either way i don't see i don't see a way that he gets thrown into to rigorous action anyway so he might as well be on the pup list and you know, he was he was going to be what wide receiver four. Yeah, he would be probably wide receiver five if Eskridge hadn't been, or maybe four A, four B, four A, four B. Yeah, on, yeah. So presents an opportunity, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's I don't think that that'll be a, a fatal thing for Derek Young. It wouldn't be a cut. It would be pup pup list and someone who would otherwise be practice squad mm. uh, start starting the squad. So. Um, for me, the Macintosh injury, I, I, I think if if we do have uh, Walker fit, and I think uh, Charbonnet's back, it was something that the the physios were able to work through rather than any anything invasive. So, we're looking at having three fit uh, running backs at least on the roster going into game one. So Macintosh can be, you know, held back a bit. So I, I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. Looks good on paper for me. I'd like to say I don't think I don't think any of them are a long term thing. So we'll we'll just take it easy with them over the next few weeks and, and hopefully get them ready for for week one. Yeah, good. So we can move on to say. Oh, Josh, did you have anything to say? I think we've we've addressed the only injuries that were there. So unless um, you know something we don't. And Andrew Whitaker as well, who's oh, an yes. free agent that we signed. He's season ending injury. Isn't he? mm. Yeah, that was a knee injury, wasn't it? And it was a, a yeah. complete rupture. I think it was as well. Uh, meniscus but again meniscus uh, something like that I don't know I, I know it's season ending I saw that and I was like first of all went who um, and then second of all went alright oh, okay we've got enough cornerbacks it doesn't really matter that much yeah but he's it's it's one of those situations I think where um, you load up on free agents and and 
um, and stuff, just so that you can you can have enough bodies to make camp work. Yeah. So you can split everyone up into four sections of the practice field and and run drills without needing first teamers to be the opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives it gives undrafted free agents a, a chance to shine, obviously. But um, I don't think it was a player that was likely to make the squad maybe practice squad at a push but um, shame for him really but i'm sure he'll be back and you know maybe doing something similar next year maybe see him back next next training camp okay so um section two um this is usually where we talk about any any rookie um standouts or underperformers um once we're into the season that will obviously be what will have a better scope for for who is underperforming against expectation and who is uh, who is shining we've we've obviously talked a little about mike morris is there is there anyone else for you i mean i don't want to dwell on negatives but is there anyone else for you in camp so far that you would you'd like to have heard more of or more about for me for me for me personally it's cameron young who i haven't heard enough about the north tackle um i think that job was fine-tuned and streamlined to be his as a rookie pick and then jaron reed comes in and that's kind of complicated it a little bit he's got he's got a bit of direct competition now for the nose tackle job which i think before that he had a pretty clear run at um and i just haven't heard like i say this isn't to say he isn't doing well i just haven't heard anything of him yet um that he's really taken it by by force it may well be that we see that when they get to play the pre-season games and that's when we'll see cameron young at his best and taking the job but I would have liked to have potentially seen a few more headlines just because that is such an important position for us this season that we need to to fix, you know, stopping that run, that nose tackle. It was such a such a problem position for us last season. And I would have I would have hoped that I would have seen a few more headlines. But I might I might be wrong and he might be doing really well and they're just trying to keep him quiet and keep him as a bit of a bit of a gem in the rough. So we'll see. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I mean I think we're picking Cameron Young because of a position of need. And if you look at this draft and, and the draft before, we we moved away from picking for, for positions mm-hmm. of need and just graded talent and took Seahawks-style players, chip on the shoulder, big competitors. Um, you know, you've got to have some confidence in, in the player as well. But I, I do think they picked um, for need. As soon as they realised that Jaron Reed could could do that role as well and you could have a full veteran um defensive line i think i think he was immediately onto a loser there but jaron reed is not going to be a nose tackle for us more for more than two years hmm. and i don't i don't carry on no go, no go on sorry i was going to say throughout a game i don't know if he'll stay at nose either if if one of those two defensive ends becomes injured i but there's Miles Adams to come into the rotation, but he is not he is not a player who'll stay on the field every every down because you know they'll get gassed. So you will see him come into rotation. And because that's the only position on that D-line that he will play, I think you'll see him come in, Jaron Reed shift over, Jaron Reed go off, Miles Adams come on, he'll stay on, Jaron Reed will come back in, he'll go off. There will be a clear rotation. So I completely agree that, that we haven't heard much about him, but if you look if you look at the two of them, it's both six foot three, same same size arms, exactly the same, but they're within a they're within a pound of each other. One of them's three oh five, one of them's three oh six. They've got an interchangeable piece there that they can go, here is a a low center of gravity, long armed, aggressive guy that can get penetration, switch switch them in, switch them out, and 
obviously Jeremy could shift over as well. So I think we'll see lots of Cameron Young, honestly. We'll get loads of chances, I think. What were you going to say, Josh? Sorry. We butted heads. I, I, I thought it was going to be more of a situational thing. So I, I, I reckon Young's going to come in more as a run stuffer. Uh, and Reed will be in there more of a, a rusher. So I think it's going to be Young will come in purely on those run stuffing um, downs. And I think then they'll shift in. I'll let Reed come in to rush to put pressure on the QB because uh, he's got experience with that as well. So it, it sort of it lets Young get his feet wet by just yeah. being a run stuffer. But then you also have the upside, like I said, of Reed being able to then come in and just rush because he's a veteran in the league now. So. Yeah, good. No, I like that. I like that angle as well. I think we we have um, one thing that has developed with our D line over the last few years. I know it hasn't been a shining light in our roster. Our D line. <laughs> I mean, what, actually, just tell me what is the opposite of a shining light because that's probably the good description. But um, one thing that has seemed to have developed really nicely is we've really got to know which players on the roster are really well suited for certain situations, like. We know now which ends are going to be on when we're trying to stop the run. We know exactly which which D line is going to be um, a pass rushing scenario, a third and long. You you know you've got Daryl Taylor, you've got Nwosu on on the other end, and and you'll have your best defensive line for crushing the pocket, which is 100% going to be the, the three veterans. So I agree with you completely. I think I think you're going to see lots of that veteran front three, um, which which might ironically mean that Cameron Young becomes a starting nose tackle because run situation, you're looking at early downs. So you might well mm-hmm. see Cameron Young as a starter and Javon Reed playing third or third third and fourth. Um yeah. and then and then seconds as well. So mm-hmm. we shall see. Um Josh, did you have a a rookie that you're slightly disappointed with or underwhelmed with? Derek Hall. Okay. I haven't heard enough about him. Uh, everything I listen to, look out for, watch. Like, I, I I haven't seen highlights of Hall at training camp. I don't know. I'm not looking in the right place. I've seen an interview with him, but he talks about his truck more than anything. Um, but apart from that, <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Truck. Yeah, I, I haven't seen footage of him in training camp doing what he does. Which whether it's just not on tape or he's not shown up yet. They're trying to work out how they're going to squeeze him into a rotation. I don't know. I know Boy Marfe at the moment is by far and away one of the best edges that we've got in training camp. He's just getting glowing reviews from everyone. I don't know whether that's taking the shine off Hall because it's the essentially the exact same position they'll still be playing. Um, but yeah, he's he's one. I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed not to have heard more, but I'm not disappointed by the fact I've not heard anything because you'd surely hear from reporters that he was looking shaky. Yeah. So you're going to go, actually, I've got this story for you. Let me send it. <laughs> as much as I'd like to come off the top rope with, with just like the, pit, you know, just a big elbow drop. Um, and, and tell you, I know something you don't No, I, I, I agree. Um, I think that this, we, we actually had a conversation about this, I think on, on discord about the fact that because he often uses, um his left arm in a lot of his maneuvers when you see him go um speed to power with that with that big diagonal you know spear it just he just he's got such long arms and he comes off with the left hand a lot he'll he'll be behind nuosu 
in the in the rotation. Yeah. And I think much like uh, Mike Morris, in a lot of the scenarios, he wasn't with the first with the first um, sort of starting D line, which I think has yeah. taken a bit of the shine off it. If if he'd have been the starting uh, edge on that side, first question would have been where's Nwosu? Um and the second the second question would would be you know is is this guy really that good that you know he is he is already a starting edge in what looks like a really competitive set of edges in our squad so i i think like morris i think he just hasn't been fully exposed to starting you know starting uh, defensive snaps um he's probably again honing honing um, his skills and, and sharpening up in the background, he'll still be rotational. Nwosi won't play every snap and he'll be the favourite to be uh, on that side because, because of his tendency to come off that edge. So, um, yeah, I, I, like I say, no no crazy story about him, but I, I do sort of understand why he's been a bit um, understated so far. I hope. I think the pre-season games, I think he'll get a good showing. Um, which is what I'm looking forward to most. So just seeing this, the the rookie and the sort of year two players getting a bit more game time, because I don't think they're going to. It's, it's the same with every preseason; they're not going to roll out the veterans, are they? Um, but the more we see of these guys, the better, because we've got. We, I think Hall was second round, wasn't he? Mm. So he was picked just a few picks either in front or behind Marfe. Wasn't he? Sort of comparatively year on year. Yeah. Wasn't it? Um, so I'm hoping that we'll, we might even see an edge in these preseason games of Hall and Marfe, which I'd be quite excited about because for the future, that's brilliant for us. Because we said on the, the, the other pod that we did about Taylor and if he's going to stay or this is like his contract year, isn't it? So. Yeah, that's another one for another time, the, the, the Taylor mm. uh, extension question. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fascinating one, isn't it? I yeah, I I think with I'm going to come on to Maffe in a, in a minute. I don't know what you've said about Maffe in in uh, the previous pod, but I've got a lot I've got a lot a lot of strong feelings about Maffe and what he can be for us this year. So, and I think that ties in quite heavily into why we've not seen or heard too much of Hall. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good time to transition over to section three, which uh, is always going to be about uh, the kick-on for our year two players, which is often the the big year for for rookies where they really make their biggest leap. So uh, we're all going to pick one. Um, on this occasion, I'm going to go first. Um, if that's all right with you, boys. That's absolutely fine. Okay, this so your segment, I'm, my friend. Well, I'm going to talk about Mafe because we've been we're talking about edges and. Mafe for me is going to be the absolute key to a stop in the run this year. That Daryl Taylor's established himself as as the pass rush on the left. I think in pass rushing situations, it's a madness to not have him uh, at this stage of his his rookie career. You know, nine and a half sacks last year, uh, career year. He's got all the motivation in the world. That's his that's his specialist uh, area. Stick him on the edge in passing scenarios. When it when it's not, and you want to keep you want to keep the other team to um, you know third third and long scenarios, a run a run stuffing edge like Mafe was last year because he he went under the radar a little bit because he didn't make many splashy plays, but I feel like they they cottoned on very quickly last year that he was our best edge at containing the run, 
and he was put in those situations more often than not, which meant that we kind of thought at the end of the season, we haven't seen much of him. But actually, statistically, and when you look through what he actually did, he was very, very effective at stuffing the run on the edge. And if he kicks on as much as it looks like he has in training camp this year, absolutely crucial if we're going to rejuvenate that defensive line. Because if we can't set an edge, it doesn't really matter how many veterans you've got on the interior. You've got to be able to contain that run. Um, and I think he's going to be superb at it this year. Uh, maybe maybe still sub five sacks maybe we see three and a half maybe four um from him but that we've got to remember that's not what he's what he's for in this uh this squad this year i think what do you think james josh board yeah i'm bored with you on that marfe thing (laughs) yeah i'm exactly the same i mean in terms of a year two breakout Maffe is absolutely primed for it. I mean, I think he only had about 28 total tackles and three sacks last season for us, um, which is criminal for someone of his ability. And it feels like he is the one out of the list of of, of second-year rookies here that, you know, I, 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 he's, he's the name that leaps out when we think about who's set to, to break out for me. Um, so I'm, I'm completely on board with, with, with the Maffe discussion for that. Josh? What you want my own picks? Pick? Yeah, you go ahead with your with your pick. Yeah, you go next. Um, I'm I'm just going to say the two tackles. I think they're going to make a massive leap this year. I'm going to I'm going to put them both in one. Abe Lucas and Charles Cross. I thought they were good last year. I thought Lucas was outstanding, but I think this year with a year of experience, another training camp under their belt, I think they are going to excel with a rejuvenated interior O line as well. I think this is going to be a fantastic season for them. I agree. I think I think they're set. I think they set a really good platform last year. I don't I don't necessarily buy into um, people thinking that they're going to be you know perennial Pro Bowl tackles, but certainly for the the capital that we put into that um, that O line last year, that that if they can maintain that level for the rest of their Seahawks career, mm-hmm. we'll we'll be happy. Um, and I, I think the ceiling on both players is really high. So um, I, I think there's certainly room for them to improve on that. And I wouldn't be disappointed, like I say, if they maintain their their year one performance across year two. James, opinion on the tackles? I think, I think, in my opinion, Abraham had a better rookie season than Cross. So for me, um, in terms of a player that's more likely out of them two to, to step up, I think... I don't want to say you've seen the ceiling or or, the, or anything like that of Abraham yet, but it feels like he's closer to his best than Cross is. I think Cross was exceptional in his rookie season as well, but I think um, that the ceiling is even higher for him. I think he was still getting used to the stamina and fatigue-wise, where I think Abraham just nailed it and killed it in terms of he was already stamina. He, he, he just... Are you intentionally using his like Sunday name? It's Abraham, Abraham Lucas. Abe Lucas. Yeah. Wait, I'm, trying like cool. I'm trying to be cool. Abraham. <laughs> not trying to be cool. I sound like his cool. dad. <laughs> Abraham Lucas I then, big Ab- Luke. Um... Abraham had a, a brilliant game. <laughs> it's my boy Abraham. It's my boy Abraham, my big boy Abe. Um, yeah, whatever you want to call him, that's the, the guy on the right tackle. Um, I think I think he's closer to his best than, than Cross, and I think... Um, I have a sneaky feeling Cross is going to be better than Abraham this season. Sure. Not to say Abraham isn't going to be 
bad because he's not he's going to be excellent as he was last season. But I think Cross is going to, you know, he's got that first season under his belt. I think he had to adapt more to the game speed than Abraham did. Now that he's got that year under his belt and he'll have adapted better, I think you're going to see an even better Abraham, uh, not Abraham Cross. Um, what's his first name? David Mitch Charles Cross. Charles. Um, okay, it's nearly my bedtime, Josh, uh, and I haven't had a cup of tea. Um, it's the big boys, mate. This is this is my domain. This is where I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Charles Cross for me is set more than Abraham to to step up in uh, in year two for me. Yeah, good. Okay, and and who would be your pick then, James? Which player do you think is most likely to have a year two breakout? Um, I am. We've, we've going... all we've all missed the most obvious one. <laughs> I, I I don't think we have, unless you're thinking of the guy I'm thinking of. One. I'm gonna throw it out there and say Tyreek Smith. Oh yeah, we're on the same page. All oh, right, we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's it's hard for him not to go down though from last year, is it? No, it's hard not to go down. <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna make a convincing case to Tyreek Smith here, if you don't mind, um, because I'll cast your minds back to Daryl Taylor. We drafted Daryl Taylor injured, didn't play his entire rookie season. Fans were like, "Well, why have we taken this guy second round? And he's injured. We're not going to see him." Ra 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 ra. Now he's one of our best pass rushers. Everyone loves him. And the only criticism is we don't get to see more of him because he blows out at the end of the season. Um, but if we if he if he fixes that, he's 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 you know, he's, he's our best pass rusher, arguably. Um and, and now you go, well, that pick made a lot of sense. They were geniuses for doing that. Um and Tyreek Smith, granted, has struggled more with injuries than Daryl Taylor did in his college season. Um, but in his senior season, which sort of um, as I was saying, that is the is the season that he played the most games, which is ten. He never played more than ten games in his college season, um, season by season. But that was his senior season, and his last season at Ohio State, thirty six quarterback pressures in those ten games, um, and three sacks on the season as well. But the thirty six quarterback pressures in ten games is pretty good. I know he's playing for Ohio State, but that's pretty good. Um, and now that Alton Robinson's gone, there's another spot there potentially on the edge for a rotational guy to come in and show some worth. Um, I don't think he's going to take over Daryl Taylor or I don't think he's going to overtake a Draymond Jones or anything like that coming off the edge, even a Derek Hall, Boye Maffe. Um, I don't think he's going to leap ahead of those guys in the depth chat. But what I do think Tyreek Smith can do if he stays healthy is a guy that you can bring in in sub-packages or just as as the rotational guy when you, you want to bring a guy out for a play, you want to bring Derek Hall, Boye Maffe, Daryl Taylor out for a play, get a breather, you take Tyreek Smith in. I think he's going to show that he has the ability to be a disruptive pass rusher when he's fit and on the field. Um, I just hope, all, all I hope is it's not going to be another LJ Collier kind of guy where you come on, See a flash of him, and then he's and then he's he's thrown into the dungeon of of, of ill health for the rest of the season. You don't see him again, um, and then everyone gets on the hype train again of LJ Collier as the preseason, and, and then you know it repeats itself. Um, thankfully, we don't have to worry about Isn't him this season. Collier now in the dungeon of the Arizona Cardinals. He is, yeah, serves him right. Yeah. That's what you get. Um, so that's that's the only that's the only thing I'm worried about with Tyreek Smith. But I think I think. I think we've got a sneakily decent player there who's a good rotational guy if we can stay healthy. So I think I'm banking on that he will. And if he does, I think he'll I think he'll he'll surprise people and, and kind of fit into the breakout kind of category as well as as as, as having a good season and, and stepping up. So um yeah, I like the chances. Yeah, I I like I like the idea of, of him um 
coming good, obviously. I think the fact that Alton Robinson um, left the squad means that they've obviously made some room. He, he, he I know there were fitness issues with Robinson, and there mm. always have been. Um, so they're giving they're giving um, Tariq Smith a real run at, at that role, and um, I think you'll see snaps. The other thing that works out it really well in Tariq Smith's favour, and I don't know, I don't know if you're aware of this is a little a little college stats flex here for you both boys um statistically in the nfl the, the most successful edge rushers are actually the ones that get more tackles for a loss than sacks on their record i don't know if you both heard that before i haven't but, but it some, makes sense they yeah and it, and it shows an, an ability to get off your blocker get yeah. engage engage use power use speed disengage and read the play it shows an awareness of some people are very good at tunnel vision tunnel visioning the the quarterback but the real savvy edge rushes are the ones that that have their have their plan it changes the misdirections have happened they switch they disengage the blocker and they and they get the best result possible from that play not i got to the quarterback but he's already he's already handed it off and the there's 10 yards gone the other way. Mm-hmm. So um, Tariq Smith, every season in college, had more tackles for a loss than sacks, which shows a real savvy with him um, in terms of reading reading the play, not being tunnel visioned and blinkered. Um, he's got physical traits, which are superb, um, which will translate well. And he's also got that record as well of um, uh, tackles for loss exceeding his sacks in college and then once you get to the nfl they should flip and you should you should see more sacks than tfls if nice. if that's just the the projection that they uh they also say if, if, if the stat works yeah i mean it, it if you i mean i don't expect you to, to both uh start uh plotting lots of different spreadsheets and uh for for rookie contracts on premium edge rushes and we, what they did in we college don't need to. But, we've got you for that <laughs> You better believe I've done it. I, I read it. I read that stat a few seasons ago. And ever since when I look at edge talent, I always just have a glance at that and and check what happens in, in year one in the NFL. And often with the guys picked in first, second round, it often correlates. So, um, yeah, he's got everything going in his favor. I think Tariq Smith can have a real impact and I think he'll get his snaps to, to be able to do that. So that's um, that's that really. I think, I think that's everything that we... Um, we wanted to go over in this. It was never designed to be an hour-long pod. It was just, uh, it's going to be an every week, just a glance at uh, what's been happening with the rookies. And, and obviously, as I said before, we'll, we'll tally that in with the Discord voting on on um, player ratings as well. Yeah. Nice. Super. Thank it, you very it, much for having us on, mate. Yes, it's no an worries. exciting Thanks. new segment. It's um, it's something, like you say, that we're going to be rolling out weekly and, and, and as, as often as we can. Whenever there's good stuff to talk about the rookies, we are going to be tuning into Rookie Watch. Um, so I hope you've, I mean, I've certainly learned a few things already from this first episode and, and taking more things into consideration than, than I had previously. Um, there's now method and substance to my madness over Tyreek Smith that you just provided me with as well. So thank you very much as he inevitably lets us down this season now um, for, for jinxing Tyreek <laughs> Smith. There's always an injury around the corner. There's always, yeah, of course there is. Um, but no, it's it, it's if it, it's something extra to look forward to now, and 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 it's something, um, you know, I hope as 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 us as hosts and us and a new lot of listeners, if you can pick up certain things from these podcasts, like looking out for Tyreek Smith tackles for loss, because you better believe in the first preseason game if Tyreek Smith starts getting tackles for loss, there'll be a there'll be a buzzer going off, there'll be alarms going off, there'll be tweets firing out from our social saying we told you so, we told you so, oh Mitch told you so. Um, 
so it, it, it it's hopefully going to be a valuable little resource for you as well um tracking in with our rookies and and, and guys taking the second year leap so um it's going to be a lot of fun as we track their progress over their first rookie season um so yeah a big thank you to mitch for coming up with this idea and 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 putting the spreadsheets together um it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun and a big thank you to you lot as always for tuning in with us um i think you're really going to enjoy this new segment um but for now until next time um stay tuned in with the rookies stay tuned in with us and go hawks go hawks go hawks